Welcome to Lean Agile Management Podcast, a show by Kanbanize that helps you boost work efficiency, create culture of high performance, and build teams that thrive. Welcome to the LAM. Today on the show, are the universal metrics of success for knowledge work? How can you objectively measure effectiveness of creative process? How does flow and how will tracking cycle time and throughput help my business improve its productivity? Today we'll shine the light on the key metrics of Lean World. They say you get what you measure, so let's start measuring what matters. We're joined today by Daniel Vacanti. Daniel is an expert Lean Agile coach and consultant with two decades of experience in software industry. He is the person who was there when Kanban for Knowledge Work was first born and has actually managed the world's first ever Kanban project. Daniel is also co-founder and CEO of Actionable Agile, the world's leading provider of predictive flow analytics for agile processes. Hi, Daniel. Welcome on the show. Hi, Dima. Thanks very much for letting me be here. Glad to be here. It's a pleasure. We're glad you could make this. So going to the main topic, maybe, (laughs) it's... It's been a, a big trend recently, and a lot of people and managers specifically seem to be talking a lot about establishing the flow and whatever that means. And what would you say? Is that just another trend, another mantra, or is it an actual thing? And what does it actually mean in practical terms? What is flow really? Um, so, okay, so yeah, so that was about you know, 20 questions in one. I'll, I'll try, to, try, to, try to take all of them. Um, the first one, is it, um, is, is it just a trend? Um, I, I would argue probably not because this whole idea of managing flow um, while uh, potentially new in the software industry um, has been, has been pervasive to many other industry for, for decades, you know, maybe even, you know, a hundred years or more. So, you know, is this, is this really a trend? Um, I, I think we can safely say that it's, it's not a trend, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely, you know, yet another tool, um, that we can leverage in, in terms of making our process better. Um, so now the next question is, like you said, well, if flow is not a trend, what is, what is this whole flow thing? Um, and I guess the way that I would answer that is, uh, you know, any, any time, um, any time that you have customers and any time that you're in a context where you're trying to deliver value for customers, um, you know, chances are you have some, some type of process, you have some type of workflow in order to achieve the delivery of that, of that value. Um, and really what flow is, is the movement of that customer value, you know, that you're trying to achieve, that you're trying to deliver through your process. That's essentially what flow is, is, you know, how, how efficient are we? Um, how predictable are we? How effective are we? at moving customer value through our process so they can ultimately get delivered uh, to, to the end customer. I think, I think pretty much everything that everything else that we're going to talk about um, today and hopefully, you know, several other times, I think is going to come back to that idea. Okay. Well, that's like a lot of things as well. So we are <laughs> about efficiency and effectiveness and uh, value, but it's kind of, in, in business, nothing works in concepts. We need to have hard metrics for that. So maybe what, what kind of metrics are there in lean world that would help us track health or stability of the flow? Right. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So, um, the, the reason, the reason that we care about this, this flow thing, um, this movement of value through our process, um, is because, you know, this, this, the idea of optimizing flow, um, is considered, and of course I'm biased, but, you know, is considered, you know, a, a leading strategy or one of your best strategies, um, in terms of, 
um, how you can best efficiently, effectively, predictably um, deliver, deliver value to your customer. And so that leads into the answer to your question is, well, if, if we believe that managing, you know, or trying to optimize flow is our best strategy for all of these things, then how do we know? How do we know if we're optimizing flow? How do we know if we're even achieving flow? Um, and there are certain, and, uh, and of course, the, the, the true answer to that is going to take much longer than the time that we have here. But luckily for us, we have some um, some very simple metrics that we can get started with just to get an idea of whether we're, you know, achieving um, uh, the flow that we desire. Um, and I mean, should, should I just run through those very quickly right now? And do you think that would be, that would be okay? Yeah. Right. Like what would be the first metrics we should learn about when we're talking about flow? Yeah. Yeah. So um, in, in terms of, yeah, in terms of just an, an overview, um, one of the things um, when we start talking about the, the predictability and efficiency of a process, um, one of the things that we know that we are going to need to answer once, um, once we start working on something for our customers is when will it be done? That's the first question our customers are going to ask us is when will it be done? Um, and really what they care about is what is that amount of elapsed time from the time that I give you something to the time that you give me something back? What is that total amount of elapsed time that it's going to take you to get that done? We can actually measure that. You know, if we're if we're if we're managing flow, we can actually measure that time. We can start a, a timer when a customer, or when we pick something up to work on something for a customer, and we can, um, you know, stop um, stop the, the stopwatch when we deliver it. Um, and the difference between those those two pieces of uh, of information is going to be a, a flow metric called cycle time. Um, and cycle time is, is simply a measure of how long it takes an item to flow or, you know, no pun intended, to flow completely through our, our, our process. Um, and so a measure of how long it's taking us to get stuff done is, is one metric that we can look at in terms of, you know, is our process behaving the way that we expect it to. Um, another metric we can look at is obviously, you know, a lot of managers care about, well, how much stuff are we delivering? You know, I've got all, all these people, all these teams working on all this stuff. Um, I need to know... You know, are we are we delivering as much stuff as we can? Um, so, in addition to knowing how long does it take, I need to know how many things um, am I delivering because I say I've got a release in the next month, and I want to know how many things can I get in this release, or I've got um, uh, you know I've got a new version of the product that I, I want to get done by the end of the year. How many things can I get in this new version? Right, um, that is going to require us to measure yet another metric of flow, which is something called throughput. And throughput is, is simply a measure of how many items we are completing um, off of our process uh, per unit of time. And then the last basic metric, and by the way, you calculate throughput from that same bit of data. Remember I said uh, the only two pieces of data you need is when something starts and when something finishes. Um, you can calculate cycle time, or sorry, throughput from that, that same information as well. Um, and then the last, the last metric, and I know I'm rambling here a little bit, so I'm sorry, um, but the last metric is, is probably, I would argue, the most important metric because it is going to govern or it's certainly going to influence both how long it takes us to get stuff done as well as how many things we can get done per unit of time. Uh, and that metric is called work in progress. And so anybody who's ever talked about managing flow um, hopefully knows a little something about about work in progress and what work in progress is. So those are, those are really honestly the, the three basic metrics just to get started uh, in terms of having a basic understanding of are we achieving flow?
Right. So that's cycle time, throughput, and work in progress. But right. that kind of sounds familiar for anyone who worked with uh, manufacturing and supply chain. How How is that applicable to knowledge work? How is that relevant? Yeah. So, um, you know, we, I, I get that objection a lot because a lot of people think, you know, when we start talking about lean for software development, um, a lot of people think, oh, well, you know, you know, lean, that was, that was all for, um, all that stuff was developed for manufacturing. You know, we build software, we don't build cars here. How can this stuff work? Um, and to some extent that's true, but to some extent it's not true. And, um, the basic to me, the, the, the fundamental thing that we need to look at is from a, from a principles perspective, from, you know, from a just basic governing principles, um, all this stuff is, is applicable. Um, now the actual implementation of how we do some of these things are may be radically different depending on the context. So for example, how you do this in manufacturing is going to be very, very different from how you do this, um, you know, in software, but, but at a principles level, you know, this idea of flow is about delivering value. Managing flow is about delivering for value and, and the metrics that we can use to measure flow. Those types of things are going to be all the same, regardless of the context that you're talking about. Okay. But then how would knowing work in progress help us manage efficiency or stability or how actually knowing that we have, for example, seven features in, in development, how does that help us? Well, um, the fact the, the fact that it's exactly seven may or may not help us, but what what um, what we what we do know is, um, and this is where we have to bring in, and I hope I don't scare anybody away with this, but this is when we have to bring in a little bit of math, a little bit of of what's known as as queuing theory, and one of the reasons that we focus on those three metrics of flow that I just mentioned, um, cycle time, throughput, and work in progress, is that they are all related by a very very fundamental law of of flow of cues. Um, and that law is, is known as Little's law. And Little's law states that uh, one, one version of Little's law states that um, average cycle time equals average work in progress divided by average throughput. Um, and without going too deep into, into Little's law right now, because I, I imagine maybe we have a, a, a whole session on that later, I don't know. Um, but essentially what Little's law is telling us, you know, um, via, via this equation, via, via this mathematical fact, right, is that work in progress, um, both, um, like I said, as I mentioned before, both influences how long it takes to get something done, um, as well as how many things we can get done per unit of time. So one of the things that we're going to look at is, you know, um, as, as we're working on stuff, simple tweaks to the amount of things that we're working on could have dramatic impact in terms of, you know, how long it's taking to get, how long it's taking us to get stuff done. So in your example, um, the fact that we're working on seven features right now may or may not be that interesting um, until we start measuring cycle time and throughput and start tweaking it and say, well, what if we reduce that to six or what if we increase it to eight? What are the, what are the implications of, 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 of doing that? And we would measure and we'd find out, but we can, we can assume that in general, less things in progress um, are, are, are going to be better than more things uh, in progress in general. Right. And then it seems like it's always best to look at them at all these three metrics, not just separately, but in context of each other and as part of this flow. So is that how it all works? Oh yeah. Yeah, um, absolutely. You would never, um, 
uh, why I, I was going to say you would never, I mean, why you could absolutely optimize for one of them, you know, cycle time, work in progress or throughput, it always has to be in the, in the general context of what is the wider problem that we're trying to solve. You know, I mean, because you, you hear this all the time. I mean, we can, you know, you could certainly go after a, a huge transformation effort to reduce cycle time as much as possible. But, you know, getting the wrong stuff done faster doesn't help. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, so we're always going to want to you know, take a look at cycle time in terms of are we working on the right stuff as well as are we reducing cycle time? Um, but the way that we're reducing cycle time is sacrificing quality. So yeah, we're getting stuff done faster, but the quality that we're putting out is much, much worse. I mean, obviously those, those types of balances hopefully would cause us to, um, to consider just exactly, you know, what it is that we're trying to accomplish. So absolutely to your point, I don't think it's necessarily all about saying, you know, aggressively, we're going to optimize any single one um, of these, um, of these metrics, but rather use them in conjunction like as I mentioned before, um, to get a better feel for, are we achieving that flow? Are we achieving, you know, as optimal a flow as we, as we think we can, um, I guess, I mean, one other thing, if, if I can say that to me, that's kind of the beauty of this approach is the, these metrics that I'm talking about, um, usually serve two purposes, you know, not only is it going to serve, um, to give us an understanding of how our process, you know, is, is performing that, you know, how, you know, what the health of our process is like. Um, but they're also going to be the exactly same, exact same metrics that we're going to look at in terms of um, understanding how predictable our process is, you know, how, you know, how can we, how can we make better forecasts? How can we make more accurate forecasts? How, how can we just make forecasts in general? Um, so um it's a pretty, pretty powerful approach. Um, and it's, it's, it's one of the reasons why I advocate it as much as I do. Yeah, it sounds powerful. Um, so we've, it seems like it touches actually more than one topic. So it goes, it talks about efficiency, effectiveness and quality management, but efficiency might be the least, um, sometimes it's the least measurable thing. So how does that get us to actually evaluating our efficiency? How do we know we're more efficient apart from just knowing it? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that, that, that's a great question. Cause, um, um, you know, yeah, efficiency in and of itself is, is one, is one of these weird things. So I think we have to be very, very, very careful, um, how we define it. You know, I think, um, efficiency, um, can mean, you know, obviously different things to different people, um, and can potentially be dangerous depending on, on how it's defined. So from a flow perspective, however, when we're talking about efficiency, Usually the way that I go about that is, um, you, you know, uh, talking about a metric called, called flow efficiency. Um, and I don't know how much you want me to get into that. I don't know if you want me to explain that just very quickly right now. Um, is that, is that a yes or just, yeah. maybe just a short um, um, it's essentially, if, if we're just talking about flow efficiency, this idea of flow efficiency, essentially as an item is moving through your process, as an item is flowing through your process, it's, it's in, it's, kind of by definition, only in one of two states, it's either actively being worked on or it's not actively being worked on. And so what flow efficiency tries to measure is this idea of, of the total time that it took us to complete something, what percentage of that time did that item spend being actively worked on? So if you look at cycle time, cycle time is made up of both active time and um, non-active time. 
um, the flow efficiency calculation is you take um, you take total cycle time, you subtract out um, the uh, inactive time, which gives you active time, uh, and then you divide that by total active time. So that'll give you the percentage of the uh, of the time that an item spent actively being worked on. That percentage can give you a very, very, very good clue in terms of how your process is performing, but more importantly, where we should look at for improvements. So for example, most teams that I work with, that I go and I do that simple calculation with, um, right when they're starting out, when they haven't really you know, considered any of these practices or principles or anything like that, their flow efficiency is usually extremely low. We're talking 15%, 10%, 5%, right? Some, some somewhere in that range. Well, if your flow efficiency, say, is somewhere around 10%, what that means is of the total time that it takes you to complete stuff, 90% of that time is when an item is, is inactive. So to me, that speaks volumes in terms of where you should look at in terms of process improvement you're obviously not going to get much bang for the buck going after the active time in that case where, you know, where all your improvement is going to come from is from looking at that inactive time. So you'd want to go look at, okay, what's causing us um, to not have, have work just kind of sitting around not being worked on. Um, and what are the, the process improvements we can make to minimize that? Right. It, it also made me think about um, a very good possibility for extreme micromanagement. So then if somebody decided to use that on the personal level, that would mean we would be able to track efficiency of specific individuals. And that doesn't sound like a healthy approach, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, like, like, you know, like, like, like everything, um, you know, these, the, the, these tools can be used for good and for bad, you know, um, the argument you just made, I think could be made for, for all the metrics we talked about, we can measure cycle time per person. We can measure flow efficiency per person. We can measure throughput per person. Um, but that, that really kind of rather misses the point because, you know, you know, optimizing any individual person or any, any individual part of the process this is classic systems thinking here, optimizing any individual part of the process usually ends up suboptimizing the whole. So, you know, if we're going around saying, oh, you know, Dima, you're taking way, way, way too long to get your stuff done. You know, you know, I'm going to, you know, you, you need to start working overtime. You need to start doing, you know, all this other stuff, trying to optimize how Dima works. Um, generally speaking, is going to have a negative impact somewhere else on the process. Not, not to mention the negative impact it's going to have on, uh, on Dima himself, you know. Right. Yeah. Um... But then how would keeping, let's say, keeping track of specific of these specific metrics help me better need, meet the objectives that my business has? So operational, reducing operational costs or something, delivering better product for my clients. Yeah. So um, these, so these, these, met, these metrics, um, at some level, you're going to have to measure, you're going to have to, um, sorry, you're going to have to map these metrics to, you know, like you said, what those, what those overall, you know, um, business goals are. So um, the best up, up until now, what we've talked about just on this session, um, the best of these metrics can tell you is, like I said, just kind of the overall health of your process. Now, do, you know, does our cycle time being in a certain range help the goals of our, our, our business? Um, does our throughput being in a certain range help the goals of our business? It's, it's, 
I think it's impossible to kind of know that, um, you know, in, in a vacuum. But I, I think what I can say is that um, certainly, you know, uh, optimizing for flow is, is, is going to be your best strategy, your best, your best chance at being able to realize uh, a lot of those goals. I mean, you know, biz, businesses want to know that they're getting, um, they're getting their stuff. They're getting as much stuff as they can, given the, um, given the I know, I know you're not supposed to say resources, but um, I'm talking about more than people here, but given the resources they've got. Um, and one of the ways that we can know if we are, we are optimizing that return on investment, if you will, um, is by optimizing for flow. Right. So I waved my hands a, a lot there. That's some um, <laughs> question you asked, I think is, is much, much deeper. And I think that's, that's, that's yet another topic I think we should spend more time on. So I don't know, we've got like five or six of those. I think that we just said we need to spend more time on, on, on this thing. So. Yeah. Lean metric is a big world and we'll get a different things step-by-step. But then we actually also covered some mistakes, like trying to optimize for a specific one specific metric. What would be some other common mistakes or misinterpretations of flow? Um, uh, yeah, you, you think I'd be able to rattle off like 50, um, you know, 50 of those things. Um, I think, um, uh, and I, I think we've actually touched on a lot of them. Um, not for, I mean, number one, not understanding the, the impact of, um, you know, work in progress generally, generally, you know, this idea that you work on more stuff, um, it's going to have negative impacts on flow. Um, you know, another one that I think that we talked about was capacity utilization, you know, just because we load our people, we, we assume classic management thinking assumes that loading people up to 100% of their capacity or 110 or 120% of their capacity or even more, um, is how you're going to get more stuff done. Um, and it turns out that that again is, um, is a fallacy that's going to negatively impact flow and actually, you know, quite, quite horrendously. Um, so it's, you know, it's, so I think it's, I think it's things like that. I think, I think, one of the biggest problems with with this whole approach is a lot of the things that we talk about are are unintuitive to the point of being counterintuitive so essentially what we've said is in order to get more stuff done you need to work on less right well if you if you go to most people and say that they they won't believe you they just absolutely won't believe you but it's true it's 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 most definitely true so i think i think that's where um the biggest uh uh, the biggest misinterpretations come is just, just kind of basic, basic understanding of what are the things that, that affect flow versus what are the things that, that really don't. Right. Okay. Hmm. There is also one interesting saying about metrics in general, people say you get what you measure. So mm -hmm. this, what do you think about that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the, I think there, there, there's, there's no doubt about it. And the, and the thing is, um, any, any, any measurement system can be gained and not only can it be gained, it almost certainly will be gained. Um, so, you know, if, if, if people believe that this is how they're being measured and this is how their, their performance is going to be reviewed, <clears throat> how their compensation is going to be affected by, by some of these things, then they will, they will, they will figure out a way to game it. Um, and, but I mean, no, any, any measurement scheme that you come up with, this is to your point, any, any measurement scheme you come up with, uh, will, will be that way. So, um, absolutely. You know, this is an, another set of metrics that, um, that, that people will, um, uh, will figure out a, a way to game. Now, my, my comment to that though, is 
if I was going to have you game a system, um, one of the ways that I would want you to game it is in terms of, okay, getting stuff done faster, <laughs> you know, um, you know, it, it would be in terms of getting more stuff done per unit of time. You know, it, th th those would be the ways that I would have you, you game the system. If, if, you know, if I was going to, um, if I was going to work with you on that. Um, but, but again, I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of setting aside all, all, all the negative effects of that, but, but Right. Well, then following the same line of thought, are there any metrics that we should definitely not measure and avoid at all cost? Well, all these, um, all, all these, these personal metrics, I think that we just talked about, you know, measuring, measuring individual productivity, I think is, um, I, I think is, is most definitely, um, you know, a, a, a terrible approach. Um, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of, of a relative complexity measure either, you know, um, measuring, doing things like, um, um, as well as doing things like measuring, you know, estimates versus actuals or whatever to him, you know, I don't, um, I, I don't necessarily care whether we're getting better at estimating or not. The chances are we're not getting better at estimating and we don't need to do estimating at all, um, to, to begin with. Um, so those are the types of things that, that, um, that I like, like to shy away from, especially those, those individual productivity measures. I think those are, those are general generally more hurtful rather than, um, than helpful. Uh, then I think, you know, another, another topic that we should, we should touch on again, probably some other time is at what level of, of the organization are these metrics, um, applicable? Measure, are they applicable at the individual level? Maybe yes, maybe no. Are they applicable at the team level? More, more probably, um, are they, um, measurable and applicable at the, at the project and portfolio level, you know, certainly, absolutely. But depending on that level, there are going to be um, certain different applications of this stuff. <clears throat> and so that's, that's one thing we should talk about is what is that right level to, to start at? So we know that we're measuring the right things. Okay. Um, maybe just to finish it off, <laughs> is there one thing that successful teams do differently that leads to the success to establish a healthy and stable flow? Or maybe is there one piece of advice that people should keep in mind when they're getting started with this? I think um, when, 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 you're, when you're getting started with this, that, that's a great question, by the way. When you're getting started with this, um, if we're, so assuming that we're talking about, I want to optimize for flow and assuming that we're talking about, you know, better predictability of the team and better overall efficiency of the process and stuff like that. If that's, that is our goal, um, then, and, and by the way, those may not be your goals and that's okay. Right? But if those are your goals, um, then I would argue the, the there, there, there are two things I would say. The, um, from a metrics perspective, um, the number one thing that you should measure is, as I mentioned before, if you just measure the, the time that something starts um, and the time that something finishes, if you just take get those two pieces of information, that of course assumes that you have a very definite point in your process where you consider something to have started and a very definite point in your process where you consider something to have finished. But assuming you have, have that, measure those two pieces of information. That's it. Just, just, just start with that. All the other metrics that we have just we have we have mentioned in this video, um, all of those metrics um, can be derived from just those two pieces of information. Now, once you have those two pieces of information, I think the best thing that you can look at as you're getting started in terms of having a fundamental impact in, into your process is um, is that um, and we we haven't actually talked about this, but it's the age of your work in progress. So when 
Um, work in progress, the, the simple definition of work in progress, by the way, is anything that has started but not finished. Right? So I, I, I just talked about, we have those two points in our process, when something started, when something's finished. Work in progress is a, the simple definition of work in progress is anything that has started but not finished. If you want to talk about um, making real improvements to your process, one of the best ways to do that is the daily. And when I say daily, I literally mean daily, the daily monitoring of the age of your work in progress. Because if items are spending too much time in progress, then, uh, then by definition, their cycle times are, 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 are getting longer. So by looking at how those items are aging, we can make much, much, much pro more, more proactive interventions in terms of, okay, what do we need to do? Because obviously this item isn't flowing the way that we think that it should be. What do we as a team need to do in order to get that going? So. Um, so to sum up two pieces of information, start time and end time. Once you have that, I think, I think the biggest insights when you're starting out, uh, the biggest insights can be gained from work in progress age. I think a lot of everything, if you just do those two things, um, a lot of this other stuff, honestly, will take care of itself. Wow. That sounds great. Thank you very much. Sounds very actionable and very agile. <laughs> <laughs> that was Daniel Vacanti. Thank you so much. And we'll see you again. Thanks, thanks, and thanks for having me here. I'm look, looking forward to the next one. If you'd like to keep learning about lean metrics and establishing agile flow in your organization, follow the links below to download the first three chapters of Dan Vacanti's book, Actionable Agile Metrics for Predictability, for free. And let us know what you think. The Lamp is brought to you by Kanbanize, the leading Kanban software for lean management. Learn more at kanbanize.com. If you're watching us on YouTube, leave us a like, and if you're listening on iTunes, feel free to leave us a review, we really appreciate that. Thanks for joining us and see you here next time.